I'm Adriana. And I'm Wasir. And you're listening to Undercurrent, a podcast complementing the Undercurrent art space at 70 John Street in Brooklyn. On today's show, we have a conversation Wasir recorded with Daniel Jodeci, whose show Soundbox Garden opens on Saturday, August 29th from 1 to 8 p.m. It's the first show back on site at Undercurrent since quarantine began. Yeah, but before I let you ask me about Soundbox Garden, Adriana, I want to remind our listeners that Undercurrent's collaborative virtual project 10001 is still ongoing, and you can look it up on the web at 10001.undercurrent.nyc. That's one, then three zeros, then one.undercurrent.nyc. Twelve artists from six European Union countries were randomly paired into six teams and have been spending August recording themselves on Zoom as they collaborate on an art project about post-quarantine New York. Now, I know you have a lot to say about 10001, Adriana, but let's save that for the next episode. Yeah, lately the podcasts have all been about 10001 and quarantine, but this episode is a little bit special. Or maybe it's the 10001 podcast that are the special episodes. Cataloging is difficult. Anyway, Monsieur, you met with Daniel on Monday while he was installing his show, Soundbox Garden, in Brooklyn. How is Undercurrent doing? Uh, It's great. I'm sure that they uh, miss you terribly. The place has been completely tricked out and prepared for, for the opening on Saturday. So it's going to be a very... COVID unfriendly, by which I mean it's unfriendly to COVID spreading, uh, coronavirus spreading type of situation. The sidewalks are spray painted with a bunch of little dots that are six feet apart where people will stand. And the show is no touching. And there can only be six people inside at any given time. And it's one in one out like a nightclub. And similarly, uh, visitors are, are asked to bring their own masks and so on but there will be some ppe there for people who forget which if seeing all the people out in the street eating their tacos and whatever uh at their fancy yuppie restaurants yesterday in dumbo is any indication will be a lot of people who need masks oh boy so otherwise undercurrent is doing great fantastic how did your conversation go with daniel so fun fact we didn't have a conversation, nor did we record anything. Uh, is this what's here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so this is what we're doing, folks. We're recording something before we have the conversation. Oh, no, there's not going to be a conversation. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. So what? what is this going to be about? Uh, you just asked me to describe the show, basically. Oh. So do you Dan- want... Daniel bailed? No, Daniel was there. I was there for five hours. So... What happened was... <laughs> Something isn't adding up. <laughs> yes. So what happened was, it is so chill inside Undercurrent. Like, I even... I set up the recorder, I set up the mics, and everything... And then uh, it was me, Daniel, and Julius who were there. And then we just basically just like sat and didn't want to do anything. We didn't talk. We didn't do anything. We just hung out in the show. I'm going to kill all of you. Why? It was great. It was great. Well, you just now you just have to ask me questions about the show, I guess. You know, I, I'm prepared to answer them. I'm a, I'm a fount of knowledge. Okay, yeah. So maybe this is actually good. 
blessing in disguise. Okay, so where was I not? <laughs> you were you were going to ask me about how the conversation. So so let me let me tell you about the show. So funny. Okay. So how is the show <laughs> coming along? How is it in theory? Well, let me well let me describe it to you. So so Daniel is a musician mostly and a artist sort of secondarily in the sense of like a a, a visual artist secondarily. Right. And he's also very much in he's he's very construction minded in the sense that he grew up in his dad's mechanic shop in Belgium but came to New York to be a fancy club DJ. Basically just has managed to put together what he learned at his father's garage with his love of music to start building musical instruments and those sorts of things. So Soundbox Garden is a immersive audio massage experience type of thing. It's largely motors that are pushing things that make sounds. So it's this it's this kind of weird thing cuz it's hard to think of it in terms of music. Like when people talk about music they they and, and instruments and stuff, they often say things like it's about being close to the site of vibration in the sense that like that's why like voice is the most authentic musical form or something because the body is actually creating the vibration whereas if you're playing like violin or something, then you're you're creating a vibration in an object. But then when you're playing piano, you're pressing keys that cause vibrations. And then when you're playing a synthesizer, you're just like making electrical circuits that cause vibrations down the line through an amplifier. So here, it's not even that because it's just the motors that are hitting things and so on and making vibrations. So he has, um, he's using ceiling fans with the blades ripped off and um, disco ball motors to power things that spin very slowly and do things like uh, drag ping pong balls that hit drums and hit empty howitzer bullets, like howitzer shells and other things to make these ringing drumming noises and so on. And then he also has a kind of like fountain type thing that he built using an aquarium pump that lets water drip onto suspended cans like food cans of different sizes and at different distances so so they play this like complicated polyrhythm i left before the final the the biggest piece was going up which will involve again another disco ball motor that will be like dragging boots along the ground and will be strumming an electric guitar and these kinds of things. So it's it's very much about like just going in there and being in this kind of minimal space where nothing is overdone, nothing is too much, nothing is overmannered or anything like that. You just go and you chill and you hopefully don't stay too long because then you're like me where you're like, oh my goodness, it's 11 o'clock at night and we still haven't done the interview and the train stopped running at one. And you have to take so. an Uber. No. There. <laughs> no, I took the train like a normal person. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> it was full, actually, the train back. Um, Hearing you talk about kind of all the mechanics of it is really interesting. Why is that? I'm trying to imagine seeing it in person and kind of hearing the different sounds 
produced by the integration of cans or the integration of boots on the floor, but also the aspect of repetition is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And repetition also used serially with the cans, which will connote, you know, different brands we maybe use or love. I'm not sure if they have the labels on them. No, the labels are all off, but, but you're right in the sense that that's, so the original version of the show um, that was planned out before uh, quarantine was going to be very interactive in the sense that uh, the idea was it was going to be similar with these kinds of motors and things, but it was going to be a lot of the objects that are struck um, could be moved around by the visitors. So they could move things to sort of get their own kinds of sounds going and exercise some control over the process, right? That's really interesting. But, but they couldn't, they couldn't change the like velocity at which things were moving. They could only move it. like. Uh, well, the, the ceiling fans, you can change the velocity, but, it's, it's, um, but they're in the stairwell and they, they, they give off very subtle sounds. So what you're pointing towards is this kind of like mechanized, industrialized kind of music where it's just like the sounds of the factory, just like the until you go go nuts but it doesn't work that way because it's not because every time around so the water the water is is not timed perfectly so it's a very complicated polyrhythm so it repeats but it repeats at i can't imagine exactly what the cycle is or if there is even a cycle like you you start to get a feeling for a rhythm for it but the ping pong balls, you do not because every, so it's two ping pong balls and every single time through you run the risk of having the, the ping pong ball may just miss the drum entirely. And that's what you get excited about is because it's this kind of repetition. So it's like, it's like you think about within like the milieu of improvisational music, you know, like, uh, you know, when you're learning jazz, you learn all the chord changes and whatever, and, and then you learn to improvise over the chord changes. And the idea is that like, you know, and this is something that you and I were just talking about is the, you, you have these kinds of constraints put in place, which, which may be like the, the, the tonal, the tonal palette or something like that, or the chord changes or something. And you try to build something within that. And that somethingness, that something is the point is that there's always this moment of surprise for, like you're always surprised by it. And you're excited by like that, that spark of, uh, what in jazz would be that spark of creative. It's um, richer with possibility. Right, right. Whereas here, here we can't really, well, we can, but it's a complicated philosophical argument talking about the agency of the disco ball motor. But what we, can, <laughs> what we can say is that every time around, it's a little bit different. And you get excited because you want to see, oh, is this time, how is it going to hit the drum? Oh, this time, how is it going to hit the howitzer shell? This time, how is it going to hit the, fu- the empty fire extinguisher? I'm thinking... And, and you, get really, you get really caught up in that. And it, it feels a little bit like like something like Philip Glass, where there's a, rhythm, a, a sort of set field of possible things is established at the beginning, like one time through, and then those things slightly change. The only difference is Glass maps that out in a score 
Whereas here, it's just like, I don't know, the wind? It's by chance, yeah. yeah it's not I'm thinking wind. of, like, um, Russian filmmaker Ziga Vertov's. Yeah, it's Ziga Vertov. One of his pieces, I don't really remember the name, but it was at, it was both at MoMA and on their website and on various other platforms. But it was this constant kind of industrial din that at the time people thought was so horrendous. It was really quite experimental in how he was composing the sound and layering it. And it was so, such a cacophony that it made people intensely uncomfortable to not only be in the theater, but like to see, both see the image of workers, but also hear the output of workers simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Whereas like propagandic films would show merely the image overlaid with some you know nicer music nicer sound i don't know what my point is but it's just kind of reminding me of this like very repetitive aspect of industrialization and like what you said how exciting it is when there's a break or a mistake or one of the cogs gets loose or somebody doesn't perform in the way they're supposed to and maybe that's not really the point because you know we're not um we're not trying to um anthropomorphize no that's not the right word Sure. We're not we're not trying to anthropomorphize machines, but it's interesting when things have these mistakes and these slip ups, um, and that's, what that means. Well, that's the whole thing. Is like when we were there, like, and I was watching Daniel set it up. There became this this moment where you want the ball to hit the drum square on, mm-hmm. so that it hits and then slowly gets dragged up over the drum so that when it falls, it hits the next thing with a bunch of momentum, right? That doesn't always happen. That's not a problem. It just doesn't always happen. But Daniel wants it to happen more often. So the idea was to use these dowels to like put these dowels on the drums to sort of catch the ping pong ball. And what then started looking, it started looking like to me that you're on this thin edge between controlling the environment and letting the environment do its own thing. Because to me, when those catchers weren't on the drums, when the ball missed the drum, the ball missed the drum. But when the catchers are there and the ball misses even the catcher, then it feels like a mistake. Mm-hmm. You see the distinction? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then it looks like it's a situation that the artist didn't account for and maybe didn't want and and didn't plan for it. And I don't I don't think that's that's true. Like I, I asked Daniel about that and he's like, no, 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 it's not a problem. But it was but it was something I was thinking about because then the the other way of looking at that is you are, you know, like we're talking about this in terms of industrialization and everything in this kind of factory thing. It does not feel like a factory in there. Part of that is a very intentional decision that Daniel made to try and, you know, with this idea of the garden, of trying to think about this place as the kind of order that nature or being in nature or whatever, something like that, the sort of order that exists there in some sense. You know, like we can think about romantic parks that have that kind of terror-inspiring, you know, grottos and have these kinds of... uh, interactions with the sublime and so on but even so they still have trees that have leaves that all look the same right there's still a kind of pattern to how these nature is is establishing itself 
And that's what you get here. What What is establishing the pattern? It's not a computer. It's how things fall. It's how water, how much water it takes to get enough surface tension that it breaks out of the little hole that it's seeping through and falls and hits the can. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really like surprisingly not mechanical. Maybe it will be when, when the whole thing is in place and, and when, when you're allowed to like just be there in silence and, and just watch it happen. Cause there's a ton of fine tuning that's going on. You know, there's, I love the idea of this inter connection though and interdependency of all these different objects with each other and it does remind me of the delicate balance of nature but also I can't think of like mistakes that nature makes without the intervention of humans you know I can't think of like I mean nature is set up in such a way that there are no first of all there is no ideas of morality so like that type of mistake doesn't exist but it's kind of mathematical and how it's set up. Wisdom teeth are a mistake. <laughs> I mean, our appendices are a mistake, you know, like, but that's the point is that like we, like the, the reason evolution works is because it just keeps trying things until something works, but it, but it doesn't, it's not like, oh, well this worked. So now I can get rid of all this other old stuff. It can't because the old stuff is already in, in the system. Yeah. So it just carries that old stuff along and you end up with vestigiality. So the show has a little bit of that. The main disco ball thing that I was talking about. One of the things that it does is it drags a paintbrush around in a circle on the head of a drum. The drum is just on the floor. And it's really, what really jumped out at me was I couldn't tell if I could hear it or not. Mm. Or if you're imagining the sound that you knew it could make. Right, right. Because it's not obvious. Like if you can hear it, it's not obvious, right? And the ceiling fan things are very quiet. They're very, very quiet. And so then it ends up being like, like it's still there. So let's assume it doesn't make sound, but it's still there. In which case it becomes like this vestigial thing. Like it was at some point, maybe it made sound. Maybe it was supposed to make sound, but like maybe the string slipped a little bit. And then again, is that a mistake or is, or is that just how it is? And you are, you know, like you were saying, nature doesn't have morality. So you're reading into this as being somehow broken or wrong or incorrect. And that's, and that's saying that like nature can be correct or can't be correct. And then, I don't know, that's tricky. Right. Or just our associations with things that are obsolete. Um, that too. Yeah. That's interesting. I really got to see this show. Yeah. Well, luckily you're in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. How's New York? <laughs> New York, good. <laughs> I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm in Chatham. Chatham? I thought you were in Falmouth. Anyway, so uh, one thing that I wanted to underscore, you know, like I guess we've more or less said enough about the show, but one thing I did want to underscore that I was reminded of when you're like, I gotta see the show, is that I shot a bit of video, right? Yeah yesterday and i you know not a bunch just a couple minutes and it's all garbage it's just 
all wrong. Like it looks cool, but it sounds terrible. And all of the subtlety that I'm talking about, and I'm not even talking about like whether the paintbrush is making sound or not. I'm talking about so much is missing. Uh-huh. This isn't me being like, you know, oh, you have to see a movie in the movie theater, otherwise it's cheating. It's just, no, like literally you can't hear it. The microphone can't pick up, you know, not my cell phone mic. Sorry, I, I recorded some of the audio on my recorder, um, but only about a minute's worth, and I haven't listened to it yet, so I don't even know if it's usable. You will have heard it by now, listener, because I will have put it in in this part of the podcast already. But you were going to say. Oh, I just... I don't know exactly the name of this instrument, but it'd be interesting to take the vibrational frequencies of, instead of trying to like capture the sound, obviously there's much more of like a nuanced, like you said, under under current going on that could maybe be captured by a different kind of instrument, but I don't even know if that's... You mean a different, like a different kind of microphone or... I don't know, like things that record... Earthquakes. Obviously, no one has that equipment here. Oh, like a seismograph. Yeah, um, but that wouldn't even. I don't even know if that would work. Um, but for it to be subtle enough to hear how the ping pong balls like just drag across the f- face of the drum, and what a nice sound that is. That thing also has to be sensitive enough to hear us breathing, to hear us walking, and it's like our our ears can filter that kind of stuff out Mm. but um the sort of technical ear of the seismograph probably can't Mm -hmm. and and furthermore that's the other thing is that you know when you hear that daniel's a, a musician you may think that like oh the sound is the thing you know and i'm sure i'm sure that just listening is great like i think that this is accessible to people who you know can't actually or have difficulty seeing the whole the whole thing but i will say that the visual component is also part of it that this isn't this isn't like a sound installation where you just go into a big black room and just sit and have waves of sound wash over you this is about getting excited about the ping pong ball and wanting to see if it's going to hit the drum this time or not yeah, I was about to say, like, I don't think it's even about the ability to hear. In lieu of sound, there is this kind of delicious expectation that supersedes a need for, an, like, an expected resolution in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no need for the sound and the image to conjoin at the end of the day to create something that we are excited about. And sometimes that kind of, ex- that lack of can create this really beautiful silence. Um, so I'm excited to see this. Maybe that's because there isn't a totality implied by the sound and image. You know, like when, when you put when you put sound and image together, like in a movie or something, then the idea is that eventually, you know, and, and if you if you go to an installation where they're showing a movie, eventually it's going to repeat. And it's going to be the same. You know? Whereas here it's never going to be the same and it never really starts and it never really ends like it's 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 start the start and end of experience in soundbox garden is determined by the gallery hours which is outside of the artist's purview yeah oh my god yeah 
Yeah. Have you seen that Christian Marclay, The Clock? No. Tell me about it. Basically, he compiled this huge... This is a video. It's compiled of stock videos from all these different movies from all these different directors from different times of clocks of time being shown on clocks. Mm-hmm. And he does like a 20, it's a 24 hour video. And the time you go in to see it is the time that's being displayed. So you're kind of constantly feeling as if you came too late or came too early. Like it's like, the, what's the, the first feeling I got when I went to see it with my mom, I was like, but we missed we missed, you know, one o'clock, you know, we, we didn't see that part. Don't, don't be shy. You were like, we missed 420, man. <laughs> no, I was like eight. I was like, mom, can we go on board? Um, which I was such a brat, but now I'm like, thanks mom for giving me culture. Yeah. So definitely again, the opening is on Saturday, August 29th from one to eight. Please bring your masks and gloves, but there will be that kind of scene will also be going on there. So please don't breathe. <laughs> no, definitely do breathe because you want to be able to experience things. But but uh, if you're going to breathe, please breathe into a mask. And this is one of the few times I think that Undercurrent will benefit from being on a pretty quiet street because it's just going to be a lot of people milling around outside because, again, there's there are only going to be six people inside the uh, inside the gallery at any given time. So. 70 John Street in Brooklyn, Saturday, August 29th from 1 to 8. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can find out more about Undercurrent at undercurrent.nyc, which includes links to Undercurrent social media profiles and to this podcast's archive. We're also on Instagram as undercurrent.nyc. Leave us a review, like, and subscribe to the podcast. On behalf of Undercurrent and 1984 Products, I'm Adriana. And I'm Wasir. And I'm Adriana. <laughs> and until next time. And I'm Terry Gross. <laughs> it's like she's just randomly there the whole time. <laughs> oh, hi, Terry. I didn't see you. <laughs> she's like, I actually had one thing to say about Daniel Jonas's Soundgarden. And we just switch off the podcast. Sound, Soundbox Garden. Soundbox Not a grunge Garden. band. <laughs> Black hole. <sun. laughs> All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And until next time.